appreciate that. If you have your Bibles, open up to Luke chapter number 15. And I am preaching on a celebration this morning. It's not a wedding celebration, but it is a celebration nonetheless. And, and uh, praise the Lord. Uh, boy, we look forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ preaching through the book of Revelations on Wednesday on Sunday nights. And, uh, and, and the next thing that we're looking for is uh, that trumpet to sound. And praise the Lord for that. And uh, so keep your, uh, keep your ear ready to hear that trumpet of the Lord. And uh, man, then we're going to fly out of here. And, and I've said this before. I, uh, I don't know, you know, I, I obviously don't know what it's like to, to ascend without anything. No wings, no rope, no nothing. Um, I, I don't know if it's going to be fast. I don't know if it's going to be slow. I, don't, I know this, that if you're concerned about the heights, you're probably not going to be concerned that day, all right? Uh, because you're 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 going to have anti gravity like never before, and you're not uh, you're not coming back down. All right, so we're we're heading up, and uh, you're not going to fall, and and it's going to be a wonderful thing. And I'm not preaching on the coming of Christ either. I, I we'll uh, look at that another day. But I could. That's such a wonderful thing, and uh, something that we look forward to. But in Luke chapter number fifteen, I've been preaching. Uh, I preached a third third message this morning on this series. I preached the first message was the wayward son. And all of us can relate with the wayward son because all of us in our life have walked away from God at some point in our life. And uh, we've, we've distanced ourselves. And so we looked at the effects of sin on that wayward son and, and how he was not right with God and how uh, the sin took a great toll on his life. We saw all of that. And uh, then the next Sunday we looked at uh, the wonderful father's forgiveness. Well, I don't know about you, but I am grateful for God's forgiveness in my life. Uh, having related to that wayward son, there is nothing like the arms of the father that are waiting for his child to return home uh, so that he can restore him. Uh, to his place. What a wonderful message. What a wonderful illustration, really, of God's forgiveness, God's love, God's mercy, and God's grace on our life. And I'm extremely grateful for that. And go back and, and look at that because there's so much information that you can pull out of that passage that is just wonderful. And uh, this morning, I want to look at this. I want to look at the wounded son. The wounded son, Luke chapter number 15 and verse number 23. We'll pick up the story midway here. The Bible says, let's go back to verse number 21. The son has returned, the wayward son has returned. Verse 21, and the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and in thy sight am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe. And put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost, and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. 
And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry, and would not go in. Therefore came his father out, and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years I, do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou, thou never gavest me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy servant was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Let's pray. Father, we thank you just for your goodness to us. We thank you, Father, for your, your word that speaks to us, that uh, teaches us. And Father, I pray that you would use me. God, I pray that you'd speak through me. God, I pray that you would touch each and every heart as only you can. And Father, we'll thank you for that. God, will give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As I read this passage and we think about the wounded son, I'm reminded of the verse in Proverbs 18 and verse number 14. The Bible says, The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. But the second part of it says, But a wounded spirit who can bear. And as we look at this third, this, uh, this second son this morning, understand this, that indeed he was a wounded son. Uh, there were some things here in this passage that we will see. The first thing I want you to notice is, uh, is the anger of this wounded son. Now listen, we know this and understand this, that there is a right anger and there is a wrong anger. The Bible's pretty clear about that. In Ephesians 4.26, the Bible says, Be ye angry and, don't just quote the first half, all right? Some of us like that first part, be ye angry. Uh, but the second part of it says, and sin not. And so we need to understand, hey, there's, there is anger that is right. Uh, it's okay. Uh, sometimes, you know, you teach your kids, don't hate. Hating is wrong. It's okay to hate the devil, okay? That is right. Uh, it's okay to hate sin. That is a good thing. I mean, hate sin in your life. Hate the devil. It, it's okay for, for anger uh, to, a, to a point. There's righteous anger, but then there's sinful anger as well. And don't use the excuse of righteous anger to excuse sinful anger. Uh, that happens all too often, and we need to be careful about that. And not all anger is righteous anger. There's a lot of anger uh, that is not right, and, and we define it as righteous anger, but it's not. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Matthew 5, 22, But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And uh, it goes on and says more, but understand this, that hey, sometimes we become angry without a cause. And that's not a right thing. And, uh, and we need to be careful that we have a right 
anger. But understand this, this anger in this passage was certainly not a right anger. I want you to notice this about his, uh, his anger. Uh, I want you to notice his protest in verse 25. Look with me there. The Bible says, Now his elder son was in the field as he came home and drew nigh to the house, and he heard music and dancing. Verse 26, And he called one of the servants. Now, as I read this and I think about this, uh, I find that very fascinating because if I heard music and dancing and a party for all practical purposes going on, the curiosity, and especially in my own house, I'm going to go see what's going on. I mean, I'm not going to find a servant and say, hey, uh, what, what's going on in my house? No, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to be like, hey, what, what are we celebrating? I mean, after all, uh, it's something that was a joyous occasion. You could tell by the, the music and the dancing that was going on. This was not a solemn funeral. This was rather a festive uh, mood and a party because the son had come home. Now, he didn't know that part, but listen, there's, there's a great difference uh, between a funeral and a celebration. I've never confused a birthday party for a funeral. Well, maybe those 50ths because they put those black balloons and everything everywhere. But you understand what I'm saying. It was a festive thing. I mean, they knew. Uh, and, and why would he not go? Hey, listen, there was a reason that this young man did not want to go in the house, did not want to celebrate, did not want to be happy, did not want, for all practical purposes, the joy of the Lord in his life. And he stood out. And he protests. He says, I'm not going in. I mean, they're happy in there, they're celebrating in there, and I am not going in. I want to know what's going on. There was something that in him he was harboring that would not allow him to be joyful over any, any situation until he knew what they were celebrating. I think down in his heart... He knew at some point that his brother may return and that if his brother did return, that his father would have a celebration. What other reason could there be that he would not go into that celebration? There was something there that said to him, I'm not going in. And he called one of the servants. Uh, I don't know, maybe he didn't want to risk being spotted in there. I don't know what all his heart was, but I do know this, that he refused to go in. And we see his protest. I want you to notice this under the anger, not only his protest to not go into this party and not celebrate with his family, but I want you to notice this. I want you to notice his pampered hurt. Listen, some of us, we pamper things. We hold things within us. I, uh, I remember when I was... Um, when I was a teenager, I played soccer uh, in high school, and, and, uh, and in my high school years, uh, I got hit by a car, and it left a terrible scar on the top of my foot. And uh, the next season, I went back, I healed all up, and everything was fine, and I went back to play soccer that following season, and, and, uh, and, and as I played, uh, I, you know, practice and all of that, and, and uh, I, I found myself... Um, moved, my, my coach had moved me around. Matter of fact, he moved me way back to defense. And, uh, and after a while, I, I, I thought, I wonder why my coach did that. 
And, and I don't remember, I think I overheard something he said, or I, I don't know how it was, but he, he said this, I remember hearing this, that ever since I had been had that accident, that I favored that foot. And I, I played more conservative. I was not going to go out there. Uh, I, it was like I had this injury. I had this place that I was protecting and that I was not going to put myself all in. Listen, many times as Christians, when we've been hurt in our life, or we have a scar, or we have something within us, hey, we tend to play a little more reserved, and we pamper, and we hold that one thing in our life, and we're scared to go out there and go a little bit farther. We're scared to commit completely because we're pampering, we're holding something in our life. This young man was pampering some anger. I want you to notice this in verse number 27. Notice the words here that are said. The Bible says, And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf. I want you to notice this. It was a family party. The servant said to him, Hey, listen, your father's celebrating. Your father, your son, your brother came home. Hey, there's a party, there's a celebration, and there's a family celebration. Listen, by all purposes, this young man should have been happy. His dad was there, his brother was there, and there should have been a great celebration, but he was holding back and he was was pampering his hurt feelings in his life. He wasn't about to go in. He said, not me. I'm holding back. And, and he was harboring those things. Uh, notice in verse number 28, it really comes out because after he hears, hey, that his brother came home and that his father had killed the, the fatted calf, it says there in verse number 28, and he was angry. We see his feelings that he was harboring. Listen, he was angered by the fact that his brother had come home. He was angered by the fact that his father threw a party uh, for that brother that was wrong. And, and listen, uh, he, he had wronged his father and, and, and this just bothered him. And matter of fact, as you look at that, what I believe took place is this young man never forgave his younger brother. And he'd have been just as happy if his younger brother had never come home. Because he didn't want nothing to do with his celebration. And we find that there's a real problem there. Matter of fact, go with me, save your spot here in Luke chapter 12, or Luke chapter 15, and go with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, Hebrews chapter number 12, and I want you to see this verse, and I don't have time to get into the whole context of this. You go back and you study it and you read it out for yourself, but I do want to take this verse. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 12 and verse number 15, the Bible says this. Hebrews 12, 15, the Bible says, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Let me just stop right there and say this, that failing of the grace of God is not losing your salvation. 
Okay, I, I just want that to be clear. Uh, we'll get it. We don't have time to develop that, but just understand that is not talking about losing your salvation. But he goes on. He says in, in Hebrews twelve fifteen, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Listen, this young man had harbored a root of bitterness in his life to the point that when his brother did come home and his father did forgive him and threw a party that this man was not joyous, was not celebrating and would not even go into this party. He said, not me. I'm, I'm going to stay out here and protest. I'm going to stay out here and pamper my feelings of bitterness towards my brother. And I'm not going in there. And he, and he harbored those. And listen, the Bible says, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. You know, my, my wife, uh, I made her this planting box. And I did that honestly because I didn't feel like rototilling the yard. It was a lot easier, I'll be honest with you. Buy some dirt, make a box, put it all in there, plant the seed. It's wonderful. And so we, I made that box, and, and, uh, and the other day, she plants the seed. She loves to do that, and, and she had those seeds planted in there. And, and, and listen, uh, the other day we walked by, and, and she goes, woo, and turned around and looked. And I was like, what? And, and uh, she's like, see that? And I said, yeah. I said, what is it? And she said, she said, I think that's my carrots. At least I hope it's not a weed. I said, I'm not your guy. I don't know. That's I, I, weeds, and I really don't know much of the difference until the fruit comes on it. You know, I mean, that's that's the only thing I know. But uh, uh, and she was excited. But you know something that that before that little plant could even spring up and break through that dirt, that seed had to be placed down in that dirt, and it had to be covered up. And listen, the thing about bitterness, the Bible says that it's springing up. The thing about bitterness is you can hide it deep down in your heart for a long time. You can cover it up and nobody else around you will see that bitterness or even know that it is down in there festering. And as the water comes and it starts to spring roots, and the Bible says there that it would spring up. In other words, at some point when the timing is right, it's going to rear its ugly head and poke through that dirt and everyone around is going to see it and they're going to be like, whoa. I did not know that was there. And this young man, perhaps he hid it well from everybody, but it was in his heart and he was harboring those feelings and he did not deal with it in his own life. And it was bitterness. The, the word bitterness means the quality or state of being bitter, sharp, resentful, or implacable. And he was harboring these feelings of resentment. Notice this, that, uh, that it did not come out until his father's kindness was explained. Look with me in verse number 28, back in Luke chapter number 15. Luke 15, we find this. The, go to verse 27. And he said unto, them, unto him, Thy brother is come home, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry. 
He said, man, my father is showing kindness to my brother, that stinking rat that ripped my father off, that took all, half of my inheritance and took all this money and went and squandered it in the world and he didn't live right and he lived wickedly and now he's coming home and, and all of a sudden, boy, my dad throws a big party for him. Boy, there was that resentment in there. And he was not happy about the kindness that his father had showed him. We see the anger of the wounded son as it had been harbored in his heart. But finally, it shows its head and it displays. But I want you to notice this. Not only the anger of the wounded son, but I want you to notice the arrogance of the wounded son. Look with me in verse number 29 as the story continues. He said this, And he answering said to his father, Lo, these men years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. Isn't it fascinating? He's, he, he, he so arrogantly states his cause and pleads his side of everything. And notice uh, everything uh, he's about to tell the father. It's almost like don't you know where I've been this whole time? Aren't you aware I've been here like his father had not seen him day after day? Like his father had not paid attention to his toils and his labor? Like his father uh, was just ignorant of his presence there? And listen, his arrogance took over. And notice this, notice his pride as he boasted of all of these things. The first thing he boasted of was his service. He says, lo, these many years do I serve thee. He's saying, hey, I, I've been here all along. Did he think that he was going unpaid? Did he think that uh, perhaps the food and sitting at his father's table every, every time to eat was not uh, some form of payment? And I'm sure on top of that, his father was giving to him. And I have no doubt that, hey, his father was very well aware of his presence and his labor that he did there in the farm. He's saying, hey, I've worked for years for you. But this harbored bitterness would stay in him and he boasted his service. And not only did he boast his service, but I want you to notice this as well. He boasted his self-righteousness. He, uh, he said, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandments. Boy, what a, what a, uh, one of the things that Jesus absolutely despised of the Pharisees was their boastfulness. The Bible says, you don't have to go there for sake of time, but you can jot it down. Well, it's just over a page. Go to Luke chapter number 18 and verse number 11 with me, just over a page or two. And notice this, uh, this, uh, this verse, uh, Luke 18 and verse number 11. The Bible says this, The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And listen, he goes on and he, and he said, man, look at how good I am. And he talks about his service. He talks about his self-righteousness. And I'm just telling you that our self-righteousness, the Bible says that all our righteousnesses are as a filthy rat before God. You can boast yourself all day long about how good you are, but I'm telling you this, it doesn't stand uh, anything before God. 
because ours is just unrighteousness. We cannot, we can, we should not boast our self-righteousness because we do not have any. If I have righteousness, it's not because of Shane Rice, it's because of Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can impart to me righteousness. He's the only one that can make my life better than what it should be. He's the only one that can change me and make me different. Here we have this son and his pride, his arrogance. He was boasting of his service. Look at what I've done for you, Lord. And, and in the boasts of his self-righteousness, hey, I've not transgressed against your commandment. I've lived under your roof. I've lived by the rules of your roof. I've done what you've asked me to do and you can see the arrogance coming out in all of his boastfulness not only that but I want you to notice this in verse number 29 he says this and yet thou in the middle of the verse Luke 15 29 and yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends that's not it go back up to the, the beginning there of verse and he answering said to his father lo these many years do I serve thee neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment and yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends oh verse 30 but as soon as this thy son was come which hath devoured thy living with harlots. Thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. Not only did he uh, boast of his service and of his self-righteousness, uh, and we'll talk about the fact that he brought up his brother's sins, but I want you to notice this as well. He kind of distanced himself from his brother. You'll notice he's, it was called, hey, your father and your brother when the servant was telling him this, but when, uh, but when he is talking with his father, he's like, your son, not my brother, your son. You know, whenever my kids were bad, happened all the time, I'm kidding, didn't happen all the time. I'm like, I told my wife, I'm like, your kids, you need to take care of them. I was saying suddenly, Is your, these are your problems. They're not my problems. And we joked a lot about that. But there's some truth in there. As far as this young man saying, He's your son. And I'm not counting him as my brother. I refuse to restore him. I refuse to return him. I, I refuse to, to make him again part of the family. He's your son, not my brother. And it's subtle, but it's there. Because all through the text, you'll find everyone else calling him his brother and, and the father's son. And the father even saying, your brother. But we find this young man saying, your son about his own brother. And listen, it was arrogant to hold it against God, thinking that God had not noticed his service and his righteousness, what righteousness he may have proclaimed. It was arrogance. Not only that, I want you to notice this, not only his pride, but I want you to notice his proclamation in verse number 30. He says, but as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. You know what he does? Oh, he is quick to point his finger at his brother and say, listen, he, he, he hurt you. He took your money. He wasted it and squandered it with, with harlots and, and filthy, riotous living. And he didn't live right. Boy, was he quick to point out the sins of his brother. 
but he was self-righteous. We find his proclamation, not only that, but I want you to notice this in verse number 30. Not only did he point out the sins of his brother, but I want you to notice this. At the end of verse number 30, he said, Thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. Not only was he angry with his brother for the sins that he committed against his father, he was, you mark it down, he was upset and angry at his father for accepting his brother back into the fold. He, he, he charged him right there. He said, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. Hey, you're the one that threw this party. You're the one that's celebrating. You're the one that received this son back in. And listen, his real feelings are being given. And he thought it was wrong of his father to forgive and to restore and to rejoice over the son, the wayward son who had come home. And he's having a problem with that. And he's not going to let it go. Listen, it was arrogant of him to think that he knew more than his father by holding it against him for forgiving his son. It was arrogance. We see the angry son. We see the uh, arrogance of the wounded son. I want you to notice this as well in verse number 31. Notice this. I want you to notice the access of the wounded son. The access, but the access that he did, that he took for granted. Look with me in verse number 31. And he said, this is the father, he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me. He, for, he, he took for granted the very presence of God. The presence of we know that the Father is God. But he, every day, was in his Father's house, and he took for granted that time that he had with his Father. I was thinking about that, and if you could be in the presence of a, somebody who were famous or somebody that was well-respected or, or, or something, and, and maybe you worked with them every single day, after a while, you know what would happen? It would be normal. You'd think, man, i got to go to work. All your friends, man, you get to work with so-and-so. Wow, what awesome. Every single day. It ain't that great. And, 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 and this, this son took for granted being in the presence of his father every day. Listen, as Christians, one of the greatest dangers that we face is to take for granted the presence of God in our life. Oh, I missed my Bible reading. I didn't feel like reading my Bible today. When God of the universe wants to walk with you and fellowship with you, and we're like, yeah, I missed today. And we take for granted the very presence of God in our life. This young man, in harboring his bitterness towards his father or his brother, he denied himself the very presence of his father with him. Not only that, but I want you to notice in verse number 31, the Bible says, not just the presence, because thou art ever with me, but he says there in the second half, and all that I have is thine. 
not just the presence of God, but the very provision of the Father. And he took for granted the fact that he could go into his dad's kitchen, open up his refrigerator, and have anything that was there in the refrigerator, anything in the freezer, anything in the cupboards, and he took for granted the very provision of his father on a daily basis. Like, he didn't realize how good he had it. And listen, as Christians, if we're not careful because we harbor bitterness or unforgiveness towards our father or towards our brother, and we'll say, man, just not even hungry today because I'm upset about this or about that or about some other situation. And he took for granted the provisions that his father offered to him. His father said, all that I have, is yours. Hey, listen, as Christians, we have access to all that God wants to give us, and it's ours. But so many times we don't take it, and we hold back because we're upset about something. And I'm just telling you, the provision of the Father was there. Not only that, but I want you to notice this. In verse 32, he says, it was meat, that we should make merry and be glad. You can take in your Bible and underline that little word, we. His father wanted him to be happy and to celebrate the return of his brother, but he didn't want to. And he took for granted the praise that should have been taking place. Why? Because of harbored feelings of bitterness where he said in his arrogance, I know better than my dad. I know better than uh, my father and what my brother has been doing. And I know the wickedness of my brother's heart. And I know how he's lived and wasted all of those things and how he destroyed his own life and wasted the things of my father. And he didn't appreciate the praise that was taking place because his brother had returned. Matthew Henry said it this way, those that think highly of themselves and their services are apt to think hardly of their master and his, and meaningly, and meanly, excuse me, of his favors. Let me read that one more time. Those that think highly of themselves and their service are apt to think hardly of their master and meanly of his favors. Now I'm just telling you when you're upset because of God and God's forgiveness, or maybe there's something in your life that you're holding against God, you're saying, man, my father never should have gave him that stuff to begin with. Well, my father never should have let him walk out the door. Oh, my father should have spoke up and we're holding stuff against God and we're holding stuff against our brethren and we're holding stuff in and we're harboring all of those hurt feelings. The arrogance and the anger that can go with that, listen, will deny us access to the presence, the provision and the praise of God. Oh, you'll be there. You'll sit at the table, but you won't appreciate it. Oh, you'll be in the service, 
but it won't mean as much to you because you're a wounded son that's harboring feelings of unforgiveness that you won't let go. God wants to forgive, has forgiven. We need to let things go as we stand to our feet and our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. We find the wounded son. And I think all of us can relate a little bit to the wounded son who hasn't been offended as a Christian. Every one of us have been offended at some point. Who hasn't been mocked? Who hasn't felt like they've been treated unfairly? Who hasn't felt like things haven't gone their way? And maybe you're holding something against God. Maybe you're holding something against somebody else. And I'm telling you this, it's not hurting the father. It's not hurting the wayward son. It's hurting you as you hold it in. God, I pray that you'd speak to hearts. I pray, Father, that you'd move on each and every heart and life as only you can. God, if we harbor feelings of anger or unforgiveness or frustration or annoyance with you because we've been mistreated or some other person has been forgiven or maybe we're upset with the way that you've handled something in our life. Oh God, help us to let it go. Help us to confess it, as the Bible says, and forsake it. That we could find mercy. That we could find praise in your presence. Praise at your table. And joy in our life as Christians. Oh God, I pray that you'd speak to hearts as only you can. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As the piano begins to play, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, the altar's open. What is it that you're holding on to? Are you a wounded son? Are you holding on to something in the past? Do you have ill feelings towards God? Do you have ill feelings towards a brother? I'm just telling you, it will hurt and destroy your life. The party went on. The younger son, the wayward son, was rejoicing. The father, he was rejoicing in that party. The only one that was on the outside was the wounded son. The Bible says a wounded spirit who can bear. Maybe it's on the inside. Maybe it's a seed of bitterness. Maybe it's not reared its ugly head yet. Why not get it out of there before it takes root? As the piano plays... Say, preacher, you don't, you don't know. No, I, I, I probably don't. I probably couldn't understand all of it. But I do know this, God understands. God the Father forgives. We need to trust Him 
trust his decisions. One more verse as the piano plays. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. Let God have his way in your life. Let God mold you. Let God make you what he wants you to be. Listen, go in, forgive, and rejoice. Don't let it destroy your life. to a close.